Oh, Are you nervous? Me? Mm. No, you don't seem nervous. Oh, because I've done it so much. I know. Oh, wait, do you still have your... Have you checked in yet? Are you being serious? You need to check in. Because I noticed you didn't have a mask at the door. If you're not going to wear a mask, you need to check in. Is that for real? Oh, I hate you right there. Get that out of here. If anyone else wants to check in. Oh, my God. Welcome to a very fun episode of The Discernible Interviews. Mm, very excited to talk about narrative. Is that even the way to say it? Script writing? Storytelling. 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 I have this theory. Right, this, my, my guest is E.J. Carroll, a children's book author, and has written some cool books. We're going to read one on air to you, children. It's going to be light, nice. Get your teddies and your snuggly blankets. It's going to be fun. Uh, no, seriously though, thank you for coming in because I love the idea of story, cultural, affecting people on a cultural level. Because I don't know about you, but my life has been really affected by stories that are not necessarily trying to preach something at me, but they really affect me, but it kind of infiltrate my mind like a Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah, they're good, those ones. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that the point of all stories? I think so. I've heard that um, the more you read, the more empathetic of a person you are. The Pen more depends, what you, depends what you read, right? Well, fiction. Yeah. I don't really like fiction. Me neither. I prefer non-fiction. Yeah. But I like to write fiction. Uh, yeah, I like to watch movies. I like to analyse movies. We should do that. Did you think of some movies that you thought I did, good about? I did, and I, I've had to analyse movies for school before. And it ruins the movie, but it's fun to do. Okay. Yeah. All right, so today we're going to interview with EJ Carroll. We're going to talk about narrative, um, how to write stories, and we're going to read a book. Uh, I'm fascinated that you wrote your first book. Is this your first book? It is. Eggs. Can we read it together? Sure. sure. Do you want to read it? Sure. Okay, so... <laughs> Everyone, get your blankies. We're going to read a story about six eggs who are dreaming of being something different, but life in the cold, dark fridge is not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> and you can read along on the screen. Okay. Oh, would you this like brought, me to read off this? No, no, read off there. Okay. So, so um, this brought a tear to my eye. I read it for the first time last night. I'm glad. That was mm. my goal, to make you cry. Mm. <laughs> He'll just follow along with you. Okay. All right. The chicken pen rarely got a second look with its water bowl, straw and nosy chook. Do you have to always rhyme? No, you don't. That's okay. just my thing. Okay. If anyone ruffled through the feathers, they would find buried golden treasures. That's a good image. That's, oh, I shouldn't keep interrupting. But golden treasures? You described eggs as golden treasures. I that was well, I have asked children that before and it's because of the golden yolk. Inside. Oh, that's how they see it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Picked up and put in a basket to hold, six warm eggs were about to get cold. Huddled in the dark, it would seem that each egg found its very own dream. The thing that I want most is to be poached on toast. <laughs> Wants to be eaten. <laughs> I want to slip and slide. So I hope that I get fried. I would be just tickled if I could end up pickled. This is ludicrous. 
I want to mix and bake, so I hope I'm in a cake. I'm hoping someone might put me in a fight. Now, I don't want to beg, but can I be an Easter egg? So can I just ask a question while we're here? Mm -hmm. We've just covered, you've just created characters. Yes. And you're expressing desires, like you're anthropomorphizing, mm -hmm. giving them human characteristics. Yes. This is a common technique, right? It is, but it, it's one that actually mem foxes you should stay away from unless they're stuffed animals or animals. So what I've done, she would recommend against, actually. Why? Um, I don't know, but I... Do you remember that children's show years and years ago with the hot water bottle and the... You're giving me nightmares. <laughs> And the little the one with the long nose yes, and the car. Yes, I loved that. Dark. Yes, I can't even remember what it was called, but when when the children left for the day, all the all the toys would come to life. The and uh, that's, that's, that's evil, man. Yeah. The, the elephant was called Johnson. Yes, Johnson and Friends. Uh, yeah. But the hot water bottle, I don't know why, had a thing, had a little, it had sad. tape on it from a hole in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I just remember loving that. And uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't, the hot water balls are not like a, a stuffed rabbit or no. or Buzz Lightyear or anything, but I still remember really enjoying that. So she's wrong because if you think about uh, the funniest, like there's, what's that one with, um, there's the heart that goes around always chasing things and there's the, it's a cartoon on Facebook and, and there's a um, Awkward Yeti, Awkward Yeti. Okay. Yeah. You haven't seen it? No. Okay. Uh, James might be able to show us a bit of this later on the screen, but Awkward Yeti has got a... Um, a heart is always like, I want to go play. And then the brain wears glasses and says, no, we've got to do our work. Okay. And then the stomach says, I'm hungry. And, and so they fully anthropomorphize the organs of the body. Yeah. And it's a very effective tool. So I'm just mm. curious why she doesn't like it. But I think it works really well. Well, it's not that she doesn't like it. I think she just thinks, um, I've read why she doesn't think it would work or it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a risk. But I just remember thinking when I came up with the idea that Everybody is like an egg. We all have a different shell, different coloured skin, you know, all these oh, yeah. just culturally. Yeah. And on the inside, you just don't know what we're all going to turn out to be. And oh, that's, that's what you were saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry to interrupt. Let's you can interrupt. That's okay. All right. Yeah, let's keep going. The egg that was green began to be mean. You can't be an Easter egg. What a silly dream. I'm so sucked in. <laughs> the fridge door opened and three were taken, cooked and served with bread and bacon. The room was filled with smells so yummy that it all went into someone's tummy. Now, Matthew, if you could just go back, James, for two seconds. I just want you to look at the milk. The cow. Just remember the cow's face because it changes as we go along. Wow. I was annoyed that there was no meat in this fridge, but it's gone. <laughs> and this, look at the next slide. Look at the dead egg there. That's horrific. I know. It's a bit dark. It is, it has that tinge, but I the know. kids probably won't pick up on that. No, uh, but. Adults will be. Yeah, but there are some kids' films, if you go back in time, like um, Return to Oz. Is it? Is that, that was dark? a really, with the wheelers, that was a really scary. Oh, I hate the wheelers. Yeah. Oh. But, you know. Oh, we love to be scared sometimes. I, I, I've got childhood traumas from these <laughs> things. Even Johnson and Friends and even Thomas the Tank Engine. That can got a bit dark when I was really little. Did it? Yeah. Okay. And there's another one. Um, I can't remember. But some of them never go dark like Sesame Street. 
Mm-hmm. And then others give me trauma. Like Johnson and Friends yeah. traumatized me. I don't know yeah. why you loved it so much. It must have been the music that I, th- I found was dark. I think it was the the imagine the the strangeness of it. You know, it's something you've never seen before. You get sucked in. You're like, what's this? It's bizarre. Yeah, but I felt adrift and untethered from reality. I hate that. Oh, do you? I mean, if you look at Discernible, there's probably, you know, it's always me trying to find what's real, what's real. I hate yeah. being untethered. Yeah. And some people love it. Well, it's escapism. It's it's people, it's yeah. entertainment. It's, mm. yeah, okay. Anyway. Each to their own. So you're not into the dead eggs. Okay. No, I like it on a, a Mac of a way. <laughs> it's funny. All right. Two eggs waited to become delicious while the other egg waited to be vicious. Actually, can you go back again? Sorry, James. This was an accident, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But when I was reading this in a school one day, a child, I think in about grade four, put their hand up and said, I like how you've made the colours, the circles match their emotion because yellow means happy, red is anger, blue is sadness. And that was just... But you didn't illustrate this, right? No, but I... I um, oversaw someone doing it and got to... You told them? Yeah. yeah okay. Yep. What's the deal with this guy? Anyway. Well, he's the... He's mean. He's the villain. He's got a rotten personality. Yeah, oh, you always have to have a villain. You do. The sad egg thought about what was said, let out a sigh and hung its head. The happy egg smiled and gave it a squeeze. Have some faith. You've got to believe. Into a bowl of butter and flour went the egg that was baked within an hour. Falling to its death. Or its destiny. Oh. <laughs> Depends on I how like you want to see Jay. it. <laughs> I like you a lot. It's destiny. <laughs> now, something happened during the night. He the... said he looks the same. No, his, his eyes are squinting now because of the stench in the fridge. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Now, something happened during the night to the egg that wanted to be in a fight. A horrible smell began rising within. It stank so much, it needed the bin. Rotten egg. Mm. And all the food's half-eaten this time around. Mm -hmm. Except for the celery, because no one likes celery. That's it. That's exactly true. (laughs) Yeah. The mean egg turned completely rotten. In the rubbish it went, right down to the bottom. That's a very American style. Trash can I chose there. Yeah, you chose that. Yeah, we don't yeah. have that at all. No. Auto bin. Yep. But I got the compost right. What's that? That's oh, uh, orange peeling. peel. Yep. And the remnant remains, body bodily remains of his friends. That's right. That now that's, t- face. that's a bit. So, it is okay, th- that's twisted. I I admit. <laughs> Children's book authors. No, but the whole story so far has been about eggs longing for. But they're, they're discarding. They're, they're discarding the shell and they just want to be what's used. on the inside that counts. Yeah, okay, all right. And it's also just reality. <laughs> the last lonely egg sat there for weeks, while tear after tear rolled down its cheeks. See the and sad? the cow was sad. Yeah. yeah. One day, without warning, the door swung open. The egg closed its eyes and prepared to be broken. It's your chance, little one. Yep. Crack! Was someone sneaky playing a joke? The shell was split, but there was no yolk. Oh, he's a fake egg. Crunch! Oh. A watering mouth began to eat and realised it tasted nice and sweet. See, when I was reading this, I was still like, what's going on? I still didn't get it. 
No, this was not a devious stunt, just a leftover egg from an Easter egg hunt. Cleverly hidden beneath the straw, it was mistaken for the eggs that were raw. <sighs> Beautiful, but very unrealistic. <laughs> That's what a story is, Matt. <laughs> yeah. He looks delicious. The chocolate egg smiled for its dream had come true. It was always an Easter egg, but it never knew. And that's where I teared up. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. All along. I love reading this to children because they just, you know, they have to believe in themselves and that's why I wrote the book for them. So the moral of the story is believe in yourself. Well, the moral of the story is you are always what you're going to be. You just have to find out what that is. It's not going to change. As opposed to what? I think that we're all, I think we're all built with gifts. I think we've all got yeah. a purpose. I think we all have whoever we're meant to be inside. You just have to go through life experiences and figure out who that person is. And what's the pathology though? This is kind of an antidote to a mm -hmm. problem. The problem is people are trying to change themselves or what, what is the problem here? I think, um, I think wasted potential is really sad. I think a lot of um, people could be great things if they let themselves um, just try. I think the first, the first, I always wanted to be an author and I was terrified to share my writing in case someone didn't like it. Yeah. But um, the first draft was rubbish. It was a terrible story. It had humans in it. There was egg races. Oh, this story, yeah. yeah. It didn't rhyme. It was nothing like it is now. And if I hadn't have kept pushing through, I wouldn't have got to what it is now, so. Because the end result, like what we just read everybody, yeah. if I was a kid watching, I'm not I'm not really thinking about the moral at all. No, I'm, you're not meant to. You're not meant to, no, right? No. Maybe that's the point of stories, right? It's not meant to flag your conscious mind. If you start with the moral in mind, you're not going to write a good creative story because you're trying to tell someone or teach someone something. So you're not going to let your imagination create this world. Um, so, okay, hang on. So you can't even start. So you didn't start with I wanted to teach a particular point with this. No, I started with the idea of eggs and could they be scrambled? Could they be in a pancake? I was just really excited by the idea. And then as I got towards the end, it just sort of unfolded itself. Yeah. That's amazing because you're not seeking to, to teach or to change or to preach on someone. It's coming out of who you are. It's yeah. very reflective. It's a very creative process. Yeah. Reminds me of C.S. Lewis when people asked him how he wrote Narnia, which I'm sure you've read. Yeah. Right, yeah. And they asked him about Aslan and he said he originally wrote it without Aslan and the whole thing didn't really hold together. Yeah. And then he said at some point, I don't know how to describe it, but Aslan came bounding into the pages. I love that. Yeah. I understand why you'd want to start with the moral because you want to teach something. Mm. But if you start that way, you're going to keep having that in your mind the whole time and you won't let the story go where it wants to go and you'll stay rigid about it um, because so much of when you write, you throw so much of it away. You just, you oh, don't, yeah. you almost, I mean, this is how I write. I don't really want to know where it's going. I want to be as just as surprised as you are. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then you're at risk of the moral coming out could be completely the opposite to what you... But you can shape it later or you'll end oh. up with something completely different but my purpose wasn't to te teach someone a lesson it was to entertain so that's how I started. Do you think all stories should have that intent? I think oh I don't know it depends on what your goals are. Well because in writing. Hollywood that's the question right now all of the movies are moving towards preach 
Yeah. Which is why they're terrible. They're getting worse, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's a few people standing up and saying, no, we are just trying to entertain. No, not at the moment they're not. No, uh, yeah. No, yeah, no, but they're standing up to say, no, no, we should be, that's oh, our job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just need to make people entertain them. Yeah. And you can still have biases and motives, of course, but... Yeah. Thank you for reading. Cool book. You're welcome. You're, you have written a few books. I have. Uh, I haven't read the others. I'll read them later on. Uh, can I ask you this skill, to, if anyone wants to develop this kind of a skill, is that, um, was that hard? Because I've tried to do this. I sucked at it, <laughs> creative writing. Uh, I was always good at English and I've always enjoyed writing and reading. So I find it easy. Um, but there's a, there's also developing craft. So you might have a natural talent for it, but then you also have to work on it too. It doesn't just, you know, all fall into place. But I did have a friend in year 12 who was fantastic with math, but she needed a high score in English to get into engineering yeah. and she was terrible at English. Yeah. She got herself a tutor and she ended up getting a higher score than me in English because she worked out a formula. So you can, if you want to try it, you can get really good at it, but I don't think she enjoyed it. Was there a formula, is there a formula in these stories? Have a villain, give them attention, release them, have three acts, all of that. There is a formula that people can follow, but I think also some of the rules should be broken. Uh, well, what's the general formula? How do you craft a basic story? So it depends on how long it is. So for short a, story. for a short story, uh, mm, the, I think the most important thing is character. I, I would start with the character because if you don't connect with someone or you don't understand them or you're not intrigued by them, you're not going to care about what they're going through. Not about not about movement, action, story. Because I've seen this argument: character driven versus plot driven. Yeah. And I, there's this this uh, famous guy who wrote this how to write stories book, and he's saying. People want characters, but without plot, it falls apart. You can have plot with weak characters and it works. So plot, 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 plot. Oh, okay. Maybe it's an opinion thing then. Well, you know those movies you watch where it's just like a character piece and it's a bit arty and just for an hour and a half you just watch this guy in angst but nothing really happens in the film? Yep. They're not great. It's probably taste then. It's based on your taste. Like, have you? did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Did you ever see that? Yeah, Walter White. So I've only just finished that recently. I was really late to the party. But that was plot-driven from the very get-go. But it was, but, but it was about his character, his arc, Overall, his story. yeah. But I if just, you, you yeah. remove the plot, he's got nothing. That's true. But then if you don't have him, you've got nothing as well. Because, no, you have something. But it's not, I think people are drawn. That's why people, people watch. I think they're drawn to the person, the character. Okay. Like children will tell me they just really want to know what's going to happen to that Easter egg. That's because a plot. They're, they're what's going to happen? Well, they're connected to him. Yeah. They, they've they've got a soft spot for him. See, my brother is a lecturer at film school and we argue about this all the time. And he goes on about character like you. Mm -hmm. And I go on, no, it's plot, it's plot, it's plot. <laughs> so anyway, so... It's a, probably both. A formula for short stories. So you, you're saying you have to have a characters people can identify with? Yes. You need, um, you need a transformative journey for the character to go through. So you need... A plot. Yeah. <laughs> you need... Um, so they have to change. They can't stay the same throughout the I would say they have to change, yeah. Mm. Well, a really good example is What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Have you seen that no. movie? You haven't seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, is this recent? Oh, no, it's very old. I had to pull it apart in year 10. Oh. Um, 
it's a phenomenal movie. Johnny, it made Johnny Depp and um, Leonardo DiCaprio famous. Oh, okay. Uh, his character arc through um, being in this small town where he was going nowhere, yeah. ref- the town was reflected in him as a character. and um, The town was reflected in him. Oh, because he was yeah. going nowhere. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. so, yeah. you know, you could see the bale of hay rolling past. Nothing was going on in the town. Yeah. Nothing's really going on in Gilbert's life. So it's just reflective of oh, wow. okay. that. And... Um, and what he, what he goes through in that film, everything going on on the outside is actually reflecting what's going on inside of him. Beautiful. So you should watch it. Uh, what's going on with Gilbert? What's eating Gilbert Grape? What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah. You'll like it. Well, then that means that, because you know me so well, we've known each other for one hour. So the story, good stories has to obviously reflect something, the human condition in some way. It, we have, humans have to connect with it. Yep. I think so. So what is the purpose of story? Is it to, is it, yeah, it kind of does something to us, reflects back to us, teaches us, talks to us yep. without engaging like the nonfiction encyclopedia part mm-hmm. of our brain. Mm-hmm. I think, um, well, I think it teaches you something about yourself when you read. I think it teaches you about other people. Um, like, I've heard that if you, the more fiction you read, the more empathetic you are. It's almost like getting to meet all these different people you'd never meet normally. Mm. Um, like I never thought I'd have sympathy for a drug dealer, but I love Walter White. Like I didn't know That's that that so was true. in me. You know, I didn't think I would ever guy. be able to understand somebody like that. Yeah. But because of the journey that you you go through with them, you sort of think, oh. He lost the plot though, eh? He did. Are you finished? What? I'm finished. Okay. Yeah. He got really mean to Jesse. I thought he was going to get good, and he didn't. He never did. That's probably what was so powerful. Yeah. Okay, well, here's the question then, right? Mm-hmm. Disney generally happy endings, um, they didn't. Walter White was bad till the end and died in frustration. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what do you think about that? Do you think stories need to end in a particular way, and should they be kind of Disney where it's kind of um, aspirational, how things should be? Mm-hmm. Or should they be more documentary-like, do- do- documentary-like, where they simply reflect the pains and the angst and the tragedy of our human experience? Well, I think the older I get, I quite enjoy things like Breaking Bad or yeah. Homeland or yeah. where it doesn't go well, but at the end I'm satisfied that that is reality. And yeah. I liked, I liked, um, I didn't like being fake yeah. but then when I was a child you want that happy ending well this is why I'm fascinated by this and mm-hmm. Shrek and stuff like that because mm-hmm. within a happy ending kind of thing you've got going on with eggs mm-hmm. there's a lot of macabre well I don't know if you meant it but when I was joking about the eggs are going to their death <laughs> yeah. you know I really think that's an important part to it there's like yep. an adult layer to it yep a harshness of life yes there's pain in being cracked and blended even if that's what you wanted all along yep. yeah I agree with you and the, um, my book, The Yellow Leaf, is uh, specifically a grief book for children and bereavement. So that book is not just for a happy day read. Oh. That one is for children who've lost somebody. Really? So, at a young age, like five to ten age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. same ages, yeah. Okay. Um, and we use concrete language in that book, the, the child um, bereavement counsellor and I. So we use the word death, we use the word died. Wow. Um, because the worst thing's already happened. They've lost their mum or they've lost their grandpa. Yeah. or So it's it's a book to help you move through the steps of grief, but it's still a, a creative story. 
That's so beautiful. You're doing a real service to yeah. those kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, yeah. That one was someone asked me to do that. I'd never thought to write a book like that, and she said, "I really want to do a children's book. There's um, to help children, but I don't have a story in mind. So I came up with the, the yellow leaf is the leaf of grief, and it takes them through the forest, of all the different emotions, and um, yeah, it's quite it's 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 realistic. So I think that. I think you have to balance that delicately with children. You don't want to scare them, yeah. but you also don't want to lie to them. So sometimes um, if you say, oh, grandpa just went to sleep. I hate that. You don't want to do that because the next time mum or dad goes to sleep, the child's going to be, could be scared that you're not going to wake up. So you have to balance reality with um, support, I suppose. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I would I I mean we don't need to talk too much about what's going on in the world in terms of pandemic but we do need these kinds of tools to help yep. children get through lockdowns and so on. Yeah. And we're playground not... fairies. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to talk about that. But we don't have to. <laughs> uh no but we really do cuz I mean you've got uh experts and um and and child counselors and and government and media all kind of being very factual. That yep. doesn't really help the kid understand what's going on in the well my you know my six-year-old mm-hmm. doesn't five-year-old she's like why the playground's closed and it's very difficult for me to know how to tell a story back yeah because I want to be honest um, but I also don't want to destroy her opinion of the world yes and government and everything and, yes but I also don't want to tell her like it's okay like they're just there to you know the light they're just there to help and and we'll all get through because then next week something else closes and and I don't want to put her through that moving yeah. goalposts that we're all going through. Yeah. Maybe I need to show us some stories. Maybe you should write some books to help people, kids through lockdown. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to get through it myself, though, <laughs> so I don't know I'd be too good at that. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I reckon adults yeah. do this with movies. I reckon adults use movies to... to like a children would use a children's book mm-hmm. to soothe and to understand and to escape. Isn't that what we do with movies? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. For sure. Got any good movies in your in your head? I reckon things like Her. You know the one where he falls in love with an AI? Scarlett Johansson? Oh, no. Wow. Do you know what? Her. I'm going to admit there are some really big movies that I've never seen. And, okay, so one of them is Avatar. You don't bother. Oh, good, okay. Um, I've never seen Star Wars. As, as a, as a um, well, Star Wars is good if you live in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar is so cheap. I just have this feeling I won't like narr- it. It's I just know. It's bad. Thank you. Have you read Pocahontas? As a child, I did. Yeah, so yeah. you've watched Avatar. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know why people love it. It's literally Fern Tree Gully. Do you remember that cartoon yes, movie when we were kids? Yes. They're chopping down the forest, yep. and, uh, and and you've got to save the forest, and that's it. Oh, okay. And but they're all like fancy CGI. Yeah, What's I just had that? I just had this gut instinct that I wouldn't like it. So you've you saved me from watching that. Look, now. it's a good movie, but if you're looking for depth, yeah. Have you seen um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? These are very obscure titles. They're what not. The three billboards outside Missouri. Ebbing, Missouri, yeah. Yeah. What's I'm this, just giving you a few. About? Um, it's about a woman whose daughter is um, raped and murdered 
and the police department won't do anything about it. Children's book author on the show today, everyone. <laughs> and she has these three big billboards and oh, she decides to put up a sign and rent them out for the whole year. To find the murderer. Well, to make the police department try to find. So it's just... And then, again, I know it's about the movie and what's going on. It's, it's horrific, but it's the character arcs. There's a police officer that is one way that turns completely the opposite way. Yeah. Then you've got... Um, yeah, the characters in the story and what they mentally go through. And at the end, there's a there's a pairing of two characters that you just never thought would ever end up on each other's side. So it's really about it's if the story can reflect what's going on inside the characters, if you can do that at the same time, I think that's what makes a good movie. Do so you think yeah. this is a really good movie? Because I, I, yeah. I said um, make a list of what of good movies. Is mm. that one of them? Have you got yep. some others? Uh, have you ever seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? No, see, you. I need you to email me this list afterwards. <laughs> okay. I haven't heard of any of these. That movie is phenomenal. That's um, Jim Carrey playing a very dark character and Kate Winslet. And it's about erasing memories that hurt you. So Sci-fi. It's not sci-fi. It's, it's not really, no. It's um, a service that is provided um, for people who want to get rid of memories, say a bad breakup or yeah. a pet dying or something yeah. like that. But what ends up happening is you realise when those bad memories are taken away from you, it actually erases who you are oh, wow. as a person Deep. as well. It's fantastic. It's an entertaining yeah. journey. So good. Oh, okay. And I don't know how Jim Carrey is so serious, but he's still so funny. He's brilliant. He's great. He's also crazy with the stuff he's been saying lately, but he's brilliant. <laughs> Are all your movies yeah. on this list kind of small? Uh No, I love The Matrix. I'm a big fan oh, of The yeah, Matrix. Matrix. You know yeah. what's funny? Um, someone did a meme on that recently to see, because there's a new Matrix coming out, Matrix 4. I know. Have you seen the trailer? No. Is It It just doesn't it doesn't cheap. have that nostalgia feeling of the old Matrix. It just, it's something different. I'll see it. I'm going to see it. Is it the Wachowski brothers still doing it? I don't think so. It could be, but it just doesn't look the same as before. Because you know the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters. Did you know that? Actually, I think the I think the sisters are doing it. No, but you know they had sex changes. Oh, See? oh no! See, okay, right? well it's the same people. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They've changed their perspective, and so the the, the work that they is oh. going to reflect who they are, right? So it, it might feel different because they are different. They okay, both so they both oh. transitioned into women. I was shocked. Now I have to see this film. You have to see. The Wachowski brothers, now sisters, um, they were so burly. Yeah. Remember that? I've never actually. And, and I think I've seen them once, yeah. Yeah. And now they're both women. It's odd. Okay, well, there's a character arc for you right there. You know what's funny? When they made Matrix, mm. a lot of the Christian crowd and others jumped on because there, there was a salvation narrative and everything in the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they've said publicly in interviews they hated that because they were just trying to make something creative. So when two and three came on, they deliberately tried to break it down to skew it away so people couldn't co-opt it. Because there was a million Christians using it in, in sermons, yeah. the Matrix, yeah, and they yeah. hated it. Yeah. yeah. It's very um, tied to the Bible, the, the Matrix. Matrix. Well, yeah. But the people who wrote it saying it's not. Yeah. Well, see, they didn't have the moral in mind. They just wanted to make something creative, and they ended up bringing the moral out anyway. So true. Yeah. You're right. Yep. All right, movies. Are we done? More? No. You can ask me more or not. No, no, no. Are you done with the movie list? Oh, I've got heaps. I'll I'll bombard you. No. Come on. What's some good movies we should watch? <sighs> um, the Big Short. Oh, so good. But see, The Big Short was Steve Carell. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always thought that movie was so good because it reveals to us what happened with the GFC. Yeah. But is there good storytelling in there, narrative? Is that what you're getting at? I, I actually, I like how it was told from different people's points of view, yeah. um, especially, um, I can't remember his name, the actor who figured it out first, the one who was drumming in the movie. It's been a while for me. Batman. I can't remember Christian his name. Bale. That's it, Christian Bale. Hot. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I was just going to say he's acting. You're, he's acting. He's hot, though. Isn't he's amazing. He's amazing. Um, Ryan Gosling. I've never seen hot. him play a Stop funny character. Like these people. <laughs> There's a good movie where he takes his shirt off, and I'm like, hello. Oh, <laughs> Go on. He's in that, too? Uh, no, he's yep, not in The Big yep, Short. Yep, he's in The Big Short. He's not in The Big Short. Yeah, no. Ryan Gosling. And when he's explaining why the GFC happened, it's just absolutely hilarious. And you just see the dumbfounded looks on everyone's faces like this this could not be what the market, the housing market's doing in America. And he just, you know, he does it so funny. I just can't believe that's how I know what happened through some funny skit. I just think it's So you got more crazy. education through that? Yep. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Uh, what else is good? Um, well, oh, there's heaps. It depends on your taste. Like, what's one of your favourite movies? I was trying to come up with my own list as well. And I, I just find it interesting that this is a very common question people ask, like, what's your favourite movie? Mm-hmm. Like, say you're going on a date. What's mm-hmm. your favourite movie? What's your favourite colour? Whatever. I I think it tells you a lot when you are... I'm, I'll think of one in a minute. But when you ask someone what's your favourite movie and they tell you, it really tells you a lot about that person. Yeah. Like, I don't like rom-coms. I just don't enjoy them. Because they're fake? Um, I just don't find them deep I like th- I like a thriller or a or a I like comedy but intellectual comedy I like ones that take you on a journey and I feel not too untethered but I feel I feel like I've, I'm you know you always go blank trying to think of them I can't really think of them right now but like her which yeah. is really good with Scarlett Johansson yeah. with this guy falls in love with an AI mm-hmm. who he just talks to yeah it just it kind of Changes my perspective, sorry. Well, a good example um, is Afterlife, Ricky Gervais. Have you seen that on Netflix? I feel like I have. Can you remind so me? So his wife dies. That's right, yeah, and, and everyone should say how he's, feel better. how he's dealing with the grief. Yeah. And it's very realistic, but it's very, very funny. It is, yeah. in a dry, yeah. sarcastic kind of way. Yeah. Dark kind of way. You know when he did films like The Invention of uh, Lying? Lying. That, see, that was a brand new concept. That was that was a clever right. idea. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. If you wanted to have a blockbuster, you need to have a a, um, a hook, right? Mm-hmm. Like The Invention of Lying. Yeah. But then within that, it still had a really good um, moral, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Like it said a lot to me about the human condition. I think maybe people subconsciously do have a moral when they're writing, but you can't let that be in the forefront. Yeah. Oh, you just won't come up with anything creative. You'll be too scared to deviate. You think, oh, that doesn't fit in with what I'm trying to say. Don't worry about that. Just what's the creative idea you've got? Don't yeah. be be crazy with it. That's how you'll get the good stuff. Do you reckon we have the... Do you reckon the same people are producing good stuff then? Like Steven Spielberg, he's not a writer, he's a director. Director, yeah. Yeah, but I'm wondering if people get good at this skill that they can tell all sorts of different morals and all sorts of different stories, or do you get kind of people doing one good work and that's all they do? I think you get better at things you practice. 
Because yeah. um, well, you teach this, right? Do I teach writing? Yeah, I thought, you know, you, you spent a few years teaching. No, I teach, I, uh, I did teach kindergarten. I was a kindergarten yeah, teacher. Yeah. Um, but I work at Monash Uni now where um, I'm teaching teachers to become teachers. Oh, okay, nothing yeah. to do with this. No, oh, this is my, this okay, is my side right. gig. Oh, Matt, you made a mistake here. Do you want me to leave? <laughs> no. No, I thought you lectured on story. No, no. I think it's an argument that we all have is like what makes a good movie, what makes a good story, and and I'm just I'm really wanting to figure out what does because even with like what we do with discernible, I'm trying to tell stories and not just give facts straight up. I'd yeah. like to move our whole platform a bit more creative. Yeah. Do you think that's a mistake? I like what you're doing. I like um, that you just have people on that you're interested in and you want to know about a topic. Yeah. Like I've I've watched heaps of your. Um, Interviews and things oh. I've never... It's kind of got this Joe Rogan feel to it. Must you feel just, weird to be sitting in here. It's very weird, especially when I spoke to you on the phone. I thought, I know that voice. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's the voice coming out of my phone all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but another film I was going to tell you was... Yeah. Have you seen Inception? Yeah. Yeah, so I think yeah. it's Christopher Nolan wrote that. I think he spent like 14 years on that. Really? Yeah, trying to get that right. He just... He, he just, really got it right. He did get it right. But the ending is frustrating for me. What, because you don't know what happened? That's right. So I know from watching that film, I don't like it left open-ended. I want, even if it's a bad ending, I'd rather a bad ending than the grey. I don't, I don't sit well in the grey. I like a black or white kind of finish. But some people, I suppose he left it open so people can decide if they liked it or not, or if they wanted him to be in the dream world or not. Did they do a sequel to that? I think they're going to. I've heard, well, it's been left open, but I don't know. I don't think it would be. Does it really matter whether it topples over or not? Well, I, I, I journeyed through that movie for an hour and a half and I got no conclusion. That's the part that frustrates me. So are stories meant to give you a conclusion or just take you on a, a pointless journey and it doesn't matter if they give you a conclusion? Because that's really what we're talking about. You're saying it needs to take you somewhere and do something. Well, I just personally like a film to have an ending that gives me an answer, whether I like the answer or not. Oh. But some people would like it open-ended because of, of what it's taught you. But I don't know, there's just something frustrating about getting to the end of a novel or a movie and going, is that, seriously, is that it? Is that the ending? Okay, what, a Hollywood movie, which mm -hmm. it was, but what, if they, they should have ended, a traditional Hollywood movie would have had a nice closing ending and it would have toppled, right? No, hang on, toppled means... If it toppled over, that means that he was really back with his children. Yeah, so yeah. it would be happy ending, like That's you're right. finally out. Yeah. But if it kept spinning, then he's just a delusional person. Yeah, that's too arty. No, it would topple over, Jurassic Park, yeah. Independence Day, good movie, yeah. all sort of wrap up. They should have toppled it. <laughs> See? They should have toppled yeah. it. Yeah. We like things in boxes. We like conclusions. We... And a prime example, I mean, do you like not knowing when we're getting out of lockdown? I mean, it's driving me crazy. I want an answer. I want an ending. I want to... I don't like it being open-ended. We'll wait and see. It doesn't sit well with Our me. Our totems are all spinning. Our totems are spinning. <laughs> crazy <laughs> right Dan now. Dan Andrews is there spinning them up. <laughs> he is the, yeah, totem master. Uh, it's not a prerequisite to talk about politics on this channel. No? No, you don't have to. No. You to. Yeah. I can see. We probably shouldn't because I'll go down a rabbit hole with it. <laughs> <laughs>
So what's gonna happen with uh, this? You're gonna make a career out of it and can other people make a career out of it? Because if I wanted to write a book and then sell it, who's gonna buy it? No one's gonna buy it. Yep. Um, yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard um, to market and I don't enjoy, like I was saying before, I don't yeah. enjoy that part. Yeah. I just love being creative, writing it, and then I just sort of thought, I'll worry about selling it later. Yeah. But um, it's really, you've got to do the website thing, you've got to do promotions, you've got to, you know, you've even got to talk about it and say, look how good my book is, do you want to buy it? And I don't even like promoting But myself. I thought we demonstrated that Eggs was a pretty damn good book just now. I, like I would it. buy that, yeah. Of well, that's because like I, I like it. That's because I've had quite a few years of feedback from children, parents and teachers, yeah. so I'm confident enough in that book that I know a lot of people like it. Yeah, but, but in you, the beginning, is your quality good on your other books or did you drop the ball? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's probably no, going to be good too. I don't think I dropped the ball, but every time you do something new, it's, you know, it's, it's, a risk. it's a risk and you have to be okay with thinking, all right, well, that might have fallen flat or, I mean, I've had some feedback on both and um, What's the, the, the yeah. Grief and Bereavement um, Centre here in Melbourne yeah. have this book in their pack now for children. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so they like it. Yeah. Because I had a guy, I had a friend back in Sydney and he wrote a book to do the same thing, to help kids grieve, yeah. uh, to get over um, mental depression or something. It was this uh, depressed lion. It was a terrible book. Yeah? Yeah, it's just preachy. I like the way you've done this eggs one. So I think we need more good quality. What is this other one about? So Melancholy Dolly, um, and my editor told me not to use the word melancholy. It was too big, and I always just go against the grain anyway. It works, though. I like it. I, what does she want you to say, sad Dolly? No, she just said it's a very big word, and just be careful. It might not, you know, sell well. But I, I like using... That's what I'm saying. Just go against the grain. You should just do what you think. Yeah. You know, just be creative. And so uh, this is a about a doll who wants to be a real girl instead of a girl. You, you've plagiarised Pinocchio. I totally have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. You say it like that's okay. Like you're not worried. Can you do that? Well, it's not plagiarism. I I didn't actually even put the two together. I've just had this idea, and someone said to me, "Oh, that's a female sort of Pinocchio idea," oh, okay. and I went, "Oh." Yeah, I didn't even... That's not what I had in my head when I wrote it. Okay. So. so she wants to be a real girl. She wants to be a real girl um, with all of her imperfections, ups and downs of life, not getting what she wants. It's it's slightly preachy. Slightly. Um, Why'd you do that? I didn't mean to. No. It's it's not... You'll have to read it and tell me. Maybe it's not... Maybe okay. you don't think it's preachy, but okay. you've put the paranoia in me now oh. about the preach. Yeah, okay. Um... Just when you can feel yeah. the author coming through or the script writer on the movie, which is what – did we – I don't know if we talked talk about this. Yeah, Hollywood, how they're all be, becoming a bit like – Yeah. It's fine. Have a uh, modern family has a gay couple. What, fine, whatever. But then when they preach it to you, like shove it down your throat. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. You know who did that? Um, Ruby – what's her name? Uh, wrote the Australian – Ruby uh, Rose. Is it? Yeah. She's got short hair. Yeah. Um, She's she was in um, uh, the the prison. Oh yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. What's that prison show called? Uh, Orange is the new black. Orange is the new black. She was in that. Yeah. Ruby Rose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She played Catwoman or something or Batgirl. Okay. And the, every every ten seconds, it's slamming some woke left diversity thing down your throat for no reason at all. Yeah. It yeah. loses its power. It's like if you swear too much, yeah. you're just a swearer. 
nobody even takes you seriously. But if you don't swear much and you just drop one, people are like, wow, that yeah. person's serious or... Yeah. Yeah. So I can swear and people are like, oh, Matt's angry. Yeah, that's it. But Emily, hi, Em, from Voice for Vic, can swear. <laughs> I like... love her. She's my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't heard you swear. You do swear a lot. No. Oh, okay. No. She swears for us. I, that's why I like her. Yeah. Yes, what was I saying? It's the same with children. If you say yes all the time, say yes as much as you can. And then your nose will really mean no. And they're more likely to comply. Oh, do tell. Yeah. Oh, because you, you've taught kids. So, so, so say, yeah. get them used to you saying yes. Well, if you can say yes as much as possible, then when you say no, your nose will really mean no. And they're more likely to take you seriously. Whereas most parents are like, no, you can't to do everything. that. Stop doing that. Yep. Stop playing that. No. Yeah. Oh, and I was telling you on the phone, remember how I told you about the 20% high-spirited child? No. And you said... It's been a while since we talked. That's true. And you've, you've done a lot of interviews since then. Um, I don't even remember our call. I remember having fun. So so we talked about the 20% <laughs> so, thing. So there's a child psychologist, Louise Porter, and I studied her at uni. Yeah. And I'll never forget this class on child behaviour. Right. And it explains what's going on in Melbourne. It's fascinating. So 20% of children are high-spirited or non-conformist. And they get their self-esteem from autonomy and doing what they feel is the right thing to do or what they want to do. And then 80% of children which is the majority of a classroom, they get their self-esteem from being part of the group, belonging and getting approval. But it's a personality trait. It's not like They're you wrong. get to choose. <laughs> I think you're the same as me. So I'll never forget being in this class and I went up to the lecturer after the first session and I said, I think I'm in this 20%. And she said, yeah, you are. And I knew that from the second I met you. How? She's uh, She's been teaching that unit for so long that she just... But you're, you're, I've met you, you're quite nice. You're not overbearing. Really. I wouldn't have said you're that 20%. Well, I don't own a mask, Matthew. That's all you need to know. You're, you're taking it very political in here today. <laughs> no. so, and you refused to check in earlier. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. So, so um, yeah, so what happens with these types of children, and mm. I'm one of those people that don't grow up into adults, you... These people need to have some sort of um, say or control over mm. their own lives, mm. or you're see you're trying to appeal to them fitting in, and you'll miss that out. Work. And rewards and punishment don't work with this crowd. Like I don't care if I get more freedom. I don't care if you punish me more. My self esteem is coming from doing what I think is the right thing. So that's I'm why I'm seeing this. Yeah, go yeah. On. yeah. I'm seeing the Melbourne thing. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, you, how do you appeal to them? You give them a sense of agency. Yes. Yes. So um, a good example would be, let's say your children every night need to have a bath, brush their teeth and read a story. Yeah. And you know, as a parent, these three things have to get done. Yeah. You give them the choice of what order to do it in. And we, then they yeah. think we've, we've done this. Control. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Told you. And our little kid's like, I got to choose. Like, yep. yep. You got to choose. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to clean your bedroom first or the lounge? The lounge. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaning the lounge. Yeah. But it's so it's so important, and if you mm. if you've got this type of child, which is what I was, mm. um, I just know like I have vivid memories of being a child thinking I don't care if I lose all my friends, I don't care if my parents are unhappy with me, I don't care if my teacher doesn't like me. If I get my way, I'm happy. I've got confidence. I've got self esteem. Wow. It was so ingrained in me. But this um, is a minority, as you say. Well, it's twenty percent of people. Which means yeah. politics, which always panders to the majority, mm -hmm. would be pushing. Okay, so the 80% would be um, social pressure, all that we're hearing, like fitting in, yep. do it for the community, whatever, yep. whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
you would craft your message for that 80%, but you would majorly piss off the 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you reckon that's what's happening in Melbourne? Well, um, it's a theory, but also that 20%, any teacher will tell you if you've got um, a group of 10 children and two of them are, you know, kicking up in yeah. the classroom, all your attention's going to them and all, and, and it just, it makes it really, really hard. So it's important to include that 20%. It's important to cater to them as well because... No, hang, your attention's going to the 80? No, your attention's going to the 20. 20. For the teacher, for example. And the 80% you're not catering to then? Well, the 80% is sort of, um, if they're just compliant and quiet and doing what is yeah. asked of them, yeah. they just sort of, the energy of the teacher is going into the two. Yeah. And and instead of the 80, you know, getting the attention that they need as well because it's so exhausting to look yeah. after the other 20. So what do you do? You yeah. split them up? Um, I think you need to... You make COVID camps. You make COVID <laughs> camps and you put the 20% recalcitrance. We'll have fun. We'll go hang out. Yeah. My family and your family. All right. Yeah. No, but is that what you do? You you have special classes? You have to figure out... We have to know your... You need to know your students and you need to figure out who's in the 20 mm. and then you need to understand that they're going to need reasons why we're lining up or or um, give them... Be, let them be leader of the line or they need to have oh, they need to something. have things you just have to cater to them differently um while and they could then be high functioning within with the 80 percent yes they could absolutely so you could yeah. do that in society now mm. yeah how would you do that well you give people a choice i think if people feel like it's their choice like say wearing a mask yep in melbourne but you can't because then heaps of people won't wear a mask and then they won't get what but they i need, think there hasn't been mask. enough there, it's just been a top-down, like, oh, do this because I'm saying so. Which works for 80%. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's the goal then. Don't worry about the 20%. But if you have open debate with different um, people who have different opinions and then let everybody decide for themselves. But Yeah, but then, so let's say you did that. Let's say you said, these are our recommendations. You really should wear a mask. This is the data. Yeah. I mean, maybe they don't have it. Another story. But <laughs> this is the science. You need to wear it. Yeah. If you said choose, it's up to you, it's voluntary, mm-hmm. then in that 80%, you're going to get lower compliance. Because yes. the way to get the 80% to perform, yeah. like sheep, is yeah. to like whip a little bit and they all just do it. Mm-hmm. So they can't afford to do what you're saying. That's right. Yeah. And I, and that's, I understand that. Yeah. So they're doing the right thing. Yeah. I stand and, with them. Go on. <laughs> but also the 80%... Um, will get frustrated with the 20. because Which they are. Yes, because they're You've been creating... At, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I've been yelled at, yeah. Because um, they're wrecking it for the rest of us. Or well, whatever. they're wrecking it for the rest of us. That's what people are feeling because they just want the, the peace. They just want it to go back. But you have to understand the 20% can't sleep at night if they put a mask on their face. They can't sleep at night if they take a vaccine because they're not going to be able to live with themselves. So the 80% need to understand the 20 well, yeah. Well, then the 20% need to understand the 80 as yeah. well. Yeah, that's why I think there should be more um, grace given to each other about each other's feelings about it because, right. yeah, it's not just a one-size-fits-all, but okay. it's, a really, it's a really stressful topic at the moment. Everyone can feel it, so... Do you still deal with kids at the moment during lockdowns? No. Okay. No. Right. Just all my students are overseas at the moment. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, so you're still teaching kids overseas? I'm teaching university students overseas. What's it like so, overseas? What's the world like right now? Because so we're, we're being of, told that the world's a bit of a mess yeah. and Australia needs to protect itself from the mess. So all of my students are stuck in, well, when I say stuck, they're all in their home countries. They haven't been able to get here for 18 months. So we're letting them do their, their school placements in schools, yeah. um, specifically Wuhan for me, over in China. That's where they are. You've got students in Wuhan? Yep, all through China, um, international students. They're in Switzerland, Africa, Taiwan, everywhere, all over the place. So I have the CDC website on my desktop to see what the levels are, yeah. um, if they're allowed to you know, go on placement or not. And it's just a mixed bag. Okay. It's really quite mixed. Some people are just living like it, nothing's happening. What, <laughs> like nothing. what, what countries are, there, are they? Where everything's sort of okay. Yeah. Um, oh, it changes. It keep, it, it probably changes too often. It changes a lot. Like one second a student's going out on placement and they set their school up and they're fine. And then five days later I get an email saying, oh, we've gone back into... A lockdown or yeah. something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it's actually really hard for me to keep up with. I just I just say, yep, no worries. Let's pause the placement. And Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Songbird? No. Michael Bay, Songbird. So I did a thing on here with Richard Reardon where we watched a bit of it called COVID Normal. We did an episode and, we, and there's this film that we looked at where it's, um, I think it's Michael Bay. Anyway, the virus is, is taken over the place and they lock everyone down and they shoot you if you come outside and all of this. Yeah, you might like no. it. It's dystopic. Do you like dystopian movies? Yes. Why? I love dystopian movies more than utopian movies. But you said you don't like being tethered. You like being tethered to reality. A little bit. Yeah, I don't like being so untethered where something doesn't make sense. So oh, I like, you don't like, I like spending Stargate reality. SG1. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, okay. You know what drove me crazy as a kid? People, are, is wrestling real? And they're like, yeah, it's like Santa, real Easter Bunny. Yeah. Some would say, no, it's not real. Yes, it's real. And no one would give me a straight answer. I'm really bitter about that. What do you think now? Well, I know the truth now. That wrestling is a performance art. Yeah. So it's real physical, um, athletic uh, thing, but it's also performance. Yeah. What they're saying is not true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does that disappoint you or did you want it to no, be No, I feel good. Oh, I okay. I feel so good. <laughs> well, before when I was like, when I discovered Santa wasn't real. How old were you? I was seven. Similar age. I discovered a receipt for the gifts that Santa gave me. Oh, I said to my mum, it's just dawned on me that you never buy me Christmas presents. And she looked at me and said, I'm Santa. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> She was, just slapped you in the face. It was just time, it. yeah. And were you devastated? I was very upset that I was lied to. That's different. I was gaslit. Oh. Well, because of the lies. And so yeah. when I confronted my mum about it, it's like, oh, no, some story about the receipt. He must have left the receipt here. Oh, I guess she tried to cover it up. Yeah. So mm. I never had that conversation, ever. So just over two years, I came to the conclusion that my mum was a liar. Mm. Do you know how hard that is for a little kid? Mm-hmm. To conclude without any kind of straight, she could, should have said, look, I lied for a season, here's why, and we would yep. have been fine. Well, my mum obviously knew me well enough at that point to just tell me the truth. I, lo I, I'm, I really value honesty. Yeah. Yeah. And I also say to parents when they drop children off at kinder, don't do the thing where you drop them and sneak out. You know, really? you see them playing in the sandpit and they're all happy and you sort of sign Disappear. the book and you go, I'm just, I'm going to leave now. Don't do that. You've you, got you say bye. You have but then to they say cry. Oh, that, but that's fine because they're going to cry anyway. 
Oh, well, they're going to cry later. They're going to cry when they find out you yeah, disappeared. But, yeah, but that's your problem, not mine. No, but I'm it, gone. it creates distrust. It's, oh, okay. it's, not, it's much better for them to cry in front of you, throw the tantrum, but you've been honest and you'll build the trust with them. That sneak out thing, I absolutely hate it. I will grab parents by the arm and go, you're not going anywhere. Go and tell them that you're leaving. Do parents mostly do that? Yeah. So, yeah, most parents are cowards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, they, yeah, they the like sneak. the sneak out. Yeah, most yeah. of us are cowards. But I understand. You don't want to see them upset. I understand. It's not fair on you. No. It can wreck their whole day. They can be eight hours, be angry all day that mum didn't say that she was leaving. Um, yeah, it can really create a distrust in them. So this is the sensitivity with which we need to write books and movies, where you treat the audience in a way that... I think that's what, when I say I don't like being untethered, that's what I mean. Okay. When I feel abused by the, um, the writer. Yep. And... You know in movies when there's something really obvious and then the actor says it? Like you see a dead body. It. Well, you see a dead body in the ground and someone goes, he's dead. Don't say he's dead. You feel we offended. know he's dead. We're not that dumb. Show don't tell. Yes. Show don't tell. Yeah. That's a big key in writing. Don't. Don't, don't don't talk down to us. We're not stupid. What? Okay. So most kids' books, I think I already said this, they, they moralise and preach at you. It's because of that. Yes. They, they spell it out. Yeah. But children are very smart. We're all, we're all, we all know what's going on. You don't need to, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't work. It just feels um, preachy. It feels like you think we're silly. Nobody wants that. So yeah. how do you respect people when you write a book, whether it's, a, well, especially a children's book? How do you um, not take, like not trick them, you know? Like I feel the things that annoy me the most about book stories and movies is when I feel tricked. Not tricked as in there was a twist. Okay. Tricked is in what you're saying, where they just sneak away. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a movie where they do that, but it feels really uh, disrespectful mm -hmm. to to make a movie like that. Where you, you know, shock movies where they deliberately try and screw with your mind, and then and then signal left, and then smash you right, and then end with no with no resolution, and say, "Ha ha, look how arty I am." <laughs> That's the worst kinds of movies ever. That's true. Yeah. Um... I hate those. Uh, maybe people are trying to do something different or they're just there to entertain and take you on a ride. Some people just... It's like a horror movie. I don't enjoy horror. You don't? No. I used to when I was younger, but I don't Psychological now. horror? I love that. I like a thriller. Yeah, but, but a I real... Psych okay, uh, what's that one with... Like, the I can't stand the violent... Deus like Ex Machina. Uh, just Ex Machina. No. You haven't seen it? No. Have you seen it? No, no. you haven't. There's a guy... Like Zuckerberg, rich, and he lives in the Alps or wherever, and he he creates um, a robots with um, with AI personalities and stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it's just a really good movie. It's so, a horror yeah. though. It's psych, psychological. So it's not about gore and shock and like I Am Legend. You seen that? Yes. He's Will Smith's all alone. Yep. There's a lot of basic horror in that, where sudden shock moments, the yeah. thing screams at you. I'm not. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that no, either. I don't like that. No. Psychological thriller or psychological horror, which is really just a thriller to an extreme level. That's what I'm talking about. Where nothing really happens horribly scary. It's just disturbing. <laughs> and you like that? I love that. <laughs> well, okay, it's good. just interesting. You're like, oh, well, don't untether me from reality, but oh, put me in this psychological. Thriller, maybe, horror. Maybe I don't mean untether me from that. Maybe I mean don't lie to me. Yeah. 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 Don't. I've got issues from childhood. Don't gaslight me like. Dan Andrews on no, my I was going to say ScoMo, but. 
Scum, oh, scum is worse, actually. I know, because I've heard you say that and you made me think about really? that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I'd say Dan yeah. Andrews is, is uh, more directly abusive, but I would say Scomo is more directly, more gaslighty, more yeah. sneakily abusive. Yeah. Yeah. Have at least seen- with, look, not to create a new pun, but yeah. at least with Dan, you know where you stand. Well done. Have, have you seen the clip of him where I haven't got it showed, but where it's Scomo saying we stand for freedom and all I, that? I end? was the first person to post that. Oh, I found I'm, I get quit. Maybe well, I saw it on your profile. I think you did. <laughs> as soon as I posted that, um, I saw everyone else start to post it, and I thought, oh yeah, I'm onto something here. That is insane. That speech about freedom, and then just looking at Vic. Pohl, so overlaying images on top of the opposite of, of, of what what's it's going on here. That yeah. was. Um, yeah, and there's there's one of those ads out lately. Um, I don't know who's creating them, but there was an ad and it confused everybody and you and Emily had a good laugh about it. About oh, never doubt Dan. That's right. And then you don't know how to feel at the end and you think, hang on, is it, is this a joke or is this real? Or I like that. I liked it because it made you question what you really think. Yeah, I want good. people to good. think with their own brain. Like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, James, can you just see if you can bring up a browser with uh, the Awkward Yeti? I think he has an Instagram or a Facebook, and we'll look at some of his short comics. Um, mm. Look at this. This is what I was trying to tell you about earlier. This is James's smashed it out. Do you th- so you got you got anthropomorphizing different body parts? You know, do you, do you think people experience the same version of reality? There's our heart out playing with the butterflies. Uh, sorry, did you ask me something? I got my answer. Things are going great, says the heart. Heart, turn around, says the brain, because everything's on fire. And the heart <laughs> says, no, I will not turn around. I want to look at the rainbows. Uh. <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm unhappy. Fix it, says the heart. Okay, they'll get some exercise. I don't feel like exercise, says the heart. What do you want from me? Do your job and make us happy all the time. What is even the point? Oh, I don't really like that one. But anyway, so he, he has all the different organs of the body and... The brain yep. begging the stomach not to do it, don't do it, don't do it, but then the tongue gets in and says, do it, stomach, do it, stomach. This is clever. I like it. He's a legend. Yeah. So I, I like mm. this kind of stuff because it's um, a, a narrative way of making comments about reality and it reminds you of some of my favourite movies like Wally. Yes, someone was talking about that this morning. You've seen Wally. I haven't. Oh, I'm so. This is why I'm so sorry. I cut haven't. the cameras. <laughs> Wally's like basic. You haven't seen Three Billboards. Yeah, come on. It's a random movie. <laughs> You're wrong, and I can prove it with facts, says the brain. You're wrong, and I can prove it with loudness, says the heart. <laughs> Legend. Legend. Well, so the so the the brain is is a right wing. Thinker, no, no. Hard as a left wing thinker. No, why are you bringing politics into this? Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm just right wing, left wing. Do you yeah. say right wing or right brain? I said wing, but I meant brain. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always rational. He's he's always like yummy. I feel like going out. Yeah, and the oh. tongue's always like ice cream. Um, so Wally, Wally mm-hmm. uh, is the robot movie. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch that. Yeah, I've and I think it was actually the clip of. Of that um, doctor that you had on that mentioned, go back and have a look at Wally. What doctor? Oh, in what context? Uh, he, he was talking about uh, meat. Oh, yeah, okay, about humans all fat and living on, on a, on a yeah. hover bed. Mm-hmm. And all their bones had um, shrunk over generations and they couldn't stand up. 
Yeah. No, I love movies like like Wally. That was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I can't. We can't. Talk does about it, does it make you it. cry? Yeah, a lot of movies make me cry. Do you cry at commercials? Some people do. I was just curious. What in thirty seconds? Some people do. No, I don't know how you would cry in a commercial because you can't deliver enough of a narrative. You'd laugh quickly, but how yeah. do you cry in a commercial? I don't know. It happens to people. I've heard. It depends. Maybe if there's a puppy in it or. A lot of pregnant women cry at commercials. Oh, there you go. There you go. (laughs) I was actually jealous when I saw my wife um, going through all the emotions of pregnancy. Really? Yeah. You wanted to feel the emotions. Why do people take drugs? Right? Yep. Okay. Why do people do a whole bunch of things? Chase down dopamine events. Mm. A lot of people chase down um, oxytocin events. Which is when you're pregnant, that's what you get. Oh, I mm. just want to hug everyone, and and oh, I'm so sad. I'm crying at the bear in the movie. That's, these are all oxytocin. So you're problems. just sitting there feeling nothing, thinking, "I wish I could feel these things." I'm not feeling nothing. I'm not dead inside. <laughs> no, but I'm jealous. The height of emotion, like people. Wow, man, I was tripping out last night on this new oh, acid yeah. or something. Whatever. I've tried drugs, but cool. They make you feel things that you yeah. wouldn't normally feel. Yeah. Isn't pregnancy like that? Isn't pregnancy a drug? Isn't pregnancy a hormone drug? Maybe. For your moods. And it can be bad. It can make you angry. Yep. You just don't know what you're going to get with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And men, as men, we don't go through as many hormonally driven events. But we need you to be level-headed, so don't change that. That's true. And we need you to show us a bit of life and emotion and Mm -hmm. what does it feel like. Because we can be cold and clinical. I know. Mm. Yeah. You're quite a warm person now that I've met you in person. Oh, really? Yeah. I think you are. Yeah. Not on uh, camera, though. Off camera, you're saying? horrible. Off camera. Terrible. And I'd like everyone to know that. No, but you're, su- <laughs> you're surprised that I'm warm in real life? No, I can tell from your interviews anyway. Oh. But you just make people feel relaxed, which is nice. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I am kind of a bit nervous when my, you... underneath all of it. Okay. Because I'm thinking, do the people actually want to watch? You know what there'll be? There'll be... 30% of people watching right now, they're just like, this is cool. We get to see Matt clearly, Matt and EJ clearly get along. They're having a good conversation. Okay. And they're watching it. But there'll be there'll be a whole more than 50% like, they're not saying of anything of value. Will they shut up and move along, mm. hurry up? Mm-hmm. And that's what... So I'm nervous about that. Yeah, but that's what um, swiping right or left is. They can just go to another channel. Why do you worry about that? Well, I'm just thinking I, I need to come up with a better question. Oh, okay. I need to entertain them. I think we've had enough of fake. Oh. Like, I think fake media, fake news, I think people just want to see real conversations. You know, like being a fly on the wall. I know I do. I enjoy when you do your interviews. It's very real. It's not... um, And that's what's happening now with everyone jumping on Instagram and having lives and talking to each other and... Because we're missing human connection at the moment. We're all so isolated. Do you reckon people would enjoy this show that we're doing right now? I, I... Would you watch it? Well, I am watching it. <laughs> We're not live now, though, are we? No, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. All right, so the people wanting authenticity. Okay, let's be real. What's the realest thing that you can say right now? I'll go first, all right? That's a dangerous question to ask me. Yeah, we don't have to. Okay. But if people want real, be real. Okay. Uh, I secretly like what's happening to us. Wow. Yeah. I'm only thinking this through now. I haven't really thought this through. Okay. But I, I, I do, and I'll tell you why. Because it's making me a better person. 
Mm. I want it to end, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm kind of like the abuse victim of say say you know abuse someone was abused by their father for twenty years and then they come out on the other end with healthy and they've healed and and so on they've processed it. Yeah, they wouldn't. They, they often they will say I wouldn't want to wish all of that away. I wish it never happened to me. Sure, mm-hmm. but it's made me who I am and I have strength to stand up and help help others and all that. I feel that about lockdowns and the ridiculous stuff that's happening okay. it's made me a hundred times better person okay wow that's amazing yeah yep. that's real well you wouldn't have this platform thanks for the vote of confidence no well you, this, isn't this why you started it no no oh okay i was wrong okay business but no one oh. cared oh. Well, <laughs> until now, this happened yeah. yeah you're right you're right, um, you're right. okay but that's like that's um same with kids right when you raise you haven't got kids. No, yet, but no. I know you want kids. Yeah. Um, you you think? Do I want to shelter them? Oh, because mm. you've you've taught a lot of kids. You know what I'm talking about. Do you want to fully shelter them and they never graze their knee? Yeah. They never go through heartbreak. They never have anything. That's nice. We want to raise happy kids. But what kind of depth are they going to have on the other side? And how relevant are they going to be to the world? Yeah. Want to hear something crazy? R- yeah, you can do yours. No, oh. I, I can. Right, but okay. just on that, crazy food. with what you just said. Yeah. So the Victorian Early Childhood Curriculum Framework says that children need risky play and that's part of a healthy childhood. So good. Okay, so it's in the framework. But then when you get into a kindergarten or a childcare centre... Nerf it! The parents and the policy and the, who are the business owner or whatever don't want any accidents. Of course. So they... No monkey bars, yeah. Well, yeah, they, they don't want it, but it's in the framework. So... Someone like me, a teacher, I'm caught between oh. both. And so I was really fascinated by this when I did my um, degree and I did my thesis on the six types of risky play. What are they? Okay, so there's height, which would be like dangling, of, dangling yeah. from the monkey bars climbing oh, a tree. I hate that. As a I fell out of a tree and broke both my wrists at the same time. And I'm fine. <laughs> so, so there's height. They look a bit funny. Thank you. <laughs> Speed. So that would be flying down Kids, the street on your boys, yeah. bike, boys. Um, yeah, going fast on your skateboard. Tools, which would be hammer and nails, saw, scissors, <laughs> sewing this needles. This is all very dangerous, yeah. You know, elements, so that's water and fire being around. Like, oh, and other things, acid, whatever, yeah. Yeah, bodies of water or a fire pit or something like that. What are we up to, four? Yep, that's four. four. Then you've got... Being out of sight. So that's like building a cubby house or playing hide and seek. And it could also be the first time you like walk down to the milk bar by yourself, by yourself without mum or dad, even though dad's on the roof and you, with the binoculars yeah. watching. You think you're on your own. That's yeah. the, the, the thrill. Yeah. And then the final one is rough and tumble play, oh. which is really important, especially for boys. Yeah. And um, I, I do jiu-jitsu as well, which I love. Yeah. I'm not a, I don't have a proper belt yet because lockdown's got me not getting very far but the children who do jiu-jitsu they come in um a lot of them are not very confident they don't have um you know friends at school and they they just have this amazing um experience where they build their confidence self-esteem but they can also totally kick your ass if they need to and um wow. yeah it so helps it helps them so they're the six forms of risky play yeah yeah and so now you know, children, there's stranger danger, there's being scared of traffic, there's... We've nerfed all of, most of that. Yeah. And just now, even um, 
scared of nature, like being out in the outdoors, um, scared of sunlight. You know, don't you, you know you want morning and you want early morning and late evening sun to get the vitamin D. But you know, the second that clock hits um, sun smart, we just you know slap on the sunscreen and the hat. And I'm not telling people not to do that, of course, but we're just just that fear of um, not taking a risk because life is risky. And now you add in what's happening now with COVID, yeah. don't breathe fresh air, sanitize your hands every five seconds. I just cannot imagine what that is doing to your little brains of children that have no risky play right now yeah they need it yeah why do they need it because you're 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 trying to um you're trying to stop them getting hurt by not letting them engage in the risky play yes but you're going to hurt them later anyway because life is risk later well they're not equipped and you can't oh, change the world so so they need to learn on small dangers mm-hmm. with you around and you need to let them have that that gut drop when you you know swing from the monkey bars and it's really scary or the yeah. feeling of flying down on your bike. You need to learn how to navigate that, oh. not avoid it. Um, and there's also, um, for example, you know you see children in a pram on the iPad or the phone, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. not actually just looking at the environment. At the environment. So you've got things like birds flying overhead and the shadow of the birds sweeping past, which the child's not seeing. And that creates an issue with depth perception. So this person, when they're 18 years old, is not going to be able to read traffic four cars ahead because they haven't... They're used to doing this for 15 years. So you don't want them to be bored in the pram. You want to entertain them in the pram and you think, oh, it's going to keep them quiet. You're making them a bad driver. I know it's a bit dramatic, but... No, no, I know what you're saying, though. We are are shrinking their worlds. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So na- being in nature, playgrounds, it's so important. It's really, really important. Which was illegal, which is where I first discovered you when you were around uh, uh, cutting the tape off. Can I say that? Yeah, I don't care. All right, cutting the tape off playgrounds when it was illegal to go to them. And I was so um, heart warmed by you. And I, I messaged you on Instagram and said, thank you so much. You, you, you kids obviously will really appreciate that. And you said, I don't have kids. And I, I was like, my heart. I really, I loved you from yeah. that moment on. I told my <laughs> wife, I said, this girl, and she has, hadn't met you. She's like, I love her too. Because <laughs> you're willing to stand up for kids that you don't even have. Yeah, any. yeah. It's because of, I know early childhood how important it is. Mm. Um, you, you concrete set by seven, age seven. Your idea of the world is set. So, Like whether it's a safe place, fun place, how to manage risk. Well your fundamental beliefs about the world are set by age seven, seven or eight. So if you... What, what about people who are screwed up? I had a pretty screwed up childhood up to then. Yep. So you, so you, you know, I've had um, therapy things as well. So you, you go and work through them, but you can, and you can get better at them. But if you have a really healthy childhood, it's just going to make you a more well-rounded person. Like you've got to get, you've got to get the cement right. You've okay. got to have... Um, yeah, you've got to get it right. Okay. Mm. Did you have a real thing you wanted to do? A real thing? Oh, mm. oh okay. I, if you no, no, no. I, I did think of one oh, yeah. and I've lo- I think I've lost it. Because I said mine was that I secretly like what this period is making me to be a better person. Yeah. I'm 100% a better person because of it. I think I am too, to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, I don't know if this is too honest. I don't think so. <laughs> you don't even not know many what people I'm, watching. You don't even know what I'm going to say. Um, 
Okay, I genuinely thought in April last year when that when the mask mandate came in. That's right. I genuinely thought I was going to walk out my front door and see no one wearing a mask because I knew I wasn't going to do it. You knew straight away? I, I knew tried. Straight away. I tried initially. No, I knew straight away I was never going to do it. But why? Because it was a step too far to tell me what to do with my own body. It was just a step too far for me. But what if you were in hospital, EJ? Or mm. what if, what if you know, like, isn't there circumstances where you would wear a mask? Yes, there is. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But if I chose to do it. But hang on, what if you're in an operating theatre mm-hmm. and I said you're coming in to witness a caesarean or something, yep. her stomach's open, you need to put a mask on? Yeah, I would. No, but what if you didn't want to? But I would want to be there for the caesarean, so I would do that. Isn't it the same thing with COVID? Wear your mask to protect... But I I don't believe that the mask protects people, so oh, okay. I don't agree. Okay. I disagree. You're part of that 20%. Yeah. So, anyway, so, you so thought- it doesn't make sense to me, so I can't do it if it doesn't make sense. Okay. You, yeah. yeah. So really, if they were to convince you, they don't need to come and slap you with fines, big stick. No. Thing. They if, need to educate you put, and if convince. If you put on the news two people having a debate, one for, one against, and I could make up my own mind, and they were respectful, didn't treat me like a child, and I could make my own decision, I would have been much more likely to take put a mask on. So that's how we get EJ to wear a mask, is to convince you, not force you. Yeah, just have a, have a debate, uh, an open debate that I can... I can read the science myself because there's for and against. So, yeah. um, but what happened was when I saw everyone else doing it and then I started copying abuse on the street, like I cannot believe the abuse I copped, especially in the early days. I was one of the first people to not be wearing one. Well, because you never did. That's right. Yeah. I was really surprised at how I didn't cave. Even though I know that about myself. Is it because they push you more into that stubbornness? Yes. Uh. Because you, you, you hold on to this is so important to me that I don't lose myself in this. Yeah. Um, that you have, to, you have to keep it off in order to, to feel calm. Yeah. So I was, I was really surprised at how willing I was to cop abuse. It actually sort of powered me on in a weird way. You're one of them. And you were surprised yeah. that other people were wearing it. I so. was so surprised... And I still get surprised when I see people in their car with the window up and they've got it on. I, I, I've gone from thinking it was um, f- not funny but just how, how insane to now I'm really sad. Like I can't believe people um, are just so beaten down. Like I just, didn't, I just didn't think this was the world I lived in. I didn't think that this would ever happen in Australia. I didn't... How do you feel about it now? Are you... Um still in disbelief or you kind of just the sad reality accepting? Um, I think I've accepted it more because we've just been in it for so long. Yeah. It's pretty much permanent. I mean, when I say permanent, if it's here for five years, I say, well, that was pretty permanent. Yeah. Five um, years of mask wearing. It's been two years. No, it's still, it still surprises me yeah. that people are still... But then what about when the mandates finish on the Friday night and then Saturday you'll see that 50% or more will rip them off straight away? Yeah. So it's clear that they're not all crazy. They're not no, all they're believing. They they just don't want to get No, fired. and you want to go into Woolworths and get your shopping without being yeah. bothered and yeah. you just put it on yeah. and I understand that. But, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't um, like when people go and QR code, for example, I just walk in. I just walk straight into Woolworths. I never QR code. Like, yeah, why? but the person at the front will say to you. No, they Excuse don't. Excuse me. 
No. Well, they've said it to me. Oh, they don't say it to me. Oh. Maybe I have some stern look on my face. And, um, but, I think but what would you do if they did? Excuse me, you need to QR code. I just wouldn't shop there. I mean, this... You're I, such a rebel. Well, not really. I'm just, I'm not going to, I just don't want to do this. I don't want society to be like this. Now, it might get to a point where I don't have a choice, yeah. but at the moment I'm not, I'm white knuckling it. I'm not letting go. I can't. Not when people like Monica Smith has been in prison for it and things like that. I'm not going to, yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, who knows? Very who real. knows? Is that too real? No, it's fine. Cut, well, James, cut. Cut. <laughs> well, we've gone full Joe Rogan. We've sat here talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we've talked up jujitsu. I can't believe you brought up jujitsu. Next, we're going to talk about floating and uh, infrared saunas, and then we've done the trifecta. They're the okay. three things you've got to talk about if you want to be like Joe Rogan. Oh, that's true. Have you ever done any of those things? When we cut, we're going to open that door there, <laughs> okay. and I'm going to show you my infrared sauna. I don't know whether to believe you or not. Because you have had me going earlier. What I don't have is a float tank. Okay. But there is one down at Ringwood. Is it open? Yes. Is it in the They essential? have an essential service if you have a note from your GP. And what would be the reason to go there? It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> have you ever done sensory deprivation? Never. Tank? You no. know what it is, right? I do you know what it is, thing, yeah. You float in the thing, you can't. It's incredible. Yeah. Do you have like weird incredible. creative ideas that you could write a book about? According to Joe, if you're high, have a, a brownie before you go in. It's, it does all that. For yeah. me, uh, it's like meditation, which okay. I find exceedingly difficult in a normal circumstance. But when you're in there, you get into a meditative state where it's like that period of, of pre-sleep. You know when you're, you're, you're floating before sleep or, or when you're waking up, mm -hmm. but you're not asleep. You're conscious that you're, that you're yeah. conscious. Yeah. It's that state yeah. for an hour. So it's very... Okay. Restful and creative. Have you ever heard of a shakti mat? It's like what? A, it's called it's called a shakti mat, but it's a, like a bed of nails. It's an acupuncture oh, mat. They are the best. Bed of nails. It's no. The first one to two minutes is pretty hard. I've got to lie on nails. But you lie on it with a bare back, and after about five minutes, you'll fall into a deep sleep. Because of the blood strand. It's out amazing. You, you have the best night's sleep. I've told... You I, sleep on it. Well, you fall asleep. I fall asleep for about an hour on it and then... You get off. You realise and then you roll over, go to sleep and you just be out for nine hours. Uh, you, you have one of these? Mm -hmm. I do it every night. Yes, that's it. Oh, they're not nails. Yes. They're well, it's called the bed. Little... So I've got this one, the black one. So you put that on your bed? Yep. And you can stand on it if you can... I can't bear it though with feet. So if you've got any... Um, I've got the, the pillow, the roll pillow for the neck. And if you've got a migraine, there's one that you can actually wrap around your head and it kind of looks like you're a sushi chef, but you just walk around the house with it Have stuck with in your head and um, gets rid of a migraine. They're fantastic. You are so weird. I want to be friends. Okay. Because I'm weird too. Me and too. together we can have some cool things like this. So I'm going to get into this, but what's the investment to try it? It's like oh, I think bucks? it's about $60, $70. Oh, that's fine. But the... You, they have certain levels, so this one's the lightest level because it has more spikes. Oh yes! So the least amount of spikes will hit you hard. So get get what like an you, orange. You've got or, a hardcore one. Yeah, I've got yeah, a hardcore yeah. one. I'll start yeah. with that. Yeah. Shakti mat. Okay. Mm. Uh, I'll try that. Well, um, infrared sauna is amazing. Okay. Amazing. Well, let's do floating first. Floating is amazing, and you can try it. You can go on however much it costs, seventy bucks or something. It's incredible. The okay. Floating thing. You Definitely do that, that, and I'll do the infrared. 
Yeah, so for, well, I, I don't, it depends what you want. Floating is incredible. Infrared sauna is just a sauna. Have you done saunas? Uh, a long time ago. I hate saunas, but yeah. I love infrared saunas. Yeah. Anyway, that's just amazing. Uh, these kind of weird things are becoming more mainstream. Like they use floating for um, PTSD. A lot of cops use it. Okay. It's very healing. It's a bath full of magnesium salts, so you float. Something and like is it black deep. in there? Like you can't see anything? Yeah, there are yeah. lights, but you turn. You can leave it on if you want, but that makes no sense. So you turn it all off. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't hear anything, can't see anything. It's you, the womb environment. So the water oh. is the temperature of your body. And it's so salty that, you know, if you touch your eye, you can sting to hell. So it's so, it is so salty in here uh, that you you literally can't feel anything because the, the temperature, what's that? You're grimacing your face. That's no, cool. I've, done med I've done a meditation thing once at work for our, as a, one of the girls um, knew how to do it. And I didn't have a good res response to meditation. It was just, it was a freak thing, but... It obviously made me relax, and then I had um, this thing in my throat for about three days. Have you ever heard? It was like a psychosomatic where you feel like you've got something stuck in your throat, but it's not there. Wow, this is not that serious. I know, but meditation can do weird things to people. I'm just saying. Oh, of course, but yeah. you're not sitting there with a guy. You're not trying to do anything. I'm just saying, have a lie down and relax. Okay. That's all. All right. So I shouldn't really say meditation then, I guess. But yeah, look, <laughs> you feel like you're in the womb because that you can't feel the water against your skin because it's the same temperature and it's full of magnesium salt. You can't feel the sides. You can't see anything. It's all dark. Sounds really boring. You know what's funny? It is when you first start. It's really boring for the first maybe, say, a forty minutes, an hour session. The first time you might spend thirty minutes going, "What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? What the hell?" Because there's no stimulation at all. Yeah, which there's is no physical stimulation, no auditory, visual. That would drive some people crazy. Yeah, it's really good because okay. it calms you. It forces your mind to slow down and switch off and say, "Hang on." Mm -hmm. Then and then after you get over that, uh, now I don't get that anymore. But after you get over that. You let your mind go into a creative space. Okay, I'm doing it. Oh, because I, I linked yeah. it to that. Yeah, I'll get an idea for something. I'll do it. Uh, uh, thank you for coming in. Anything else we need to talk about? You want to, We're supposed to launch a book. What are we launching? These these two. These two are new. So Melancholy Dolly and The Yellow Leaf are, are new. And, and you can um, buy them at ejcarol.com. That's it, on my website, yep. Which is linked below. Uh, I... Sorry, I didn't bring my full list of movies. I'm just going to stick with Wally. Okay. Great movie. And Her. That okay. was a great movie. Thank you. I, I encourage people to get these books. These are really cool. And I encourage you to write, keep writing, because there are some child childhood writers who are crap at their jobs. And they're very annoyingly um, writing these books and people are saying, read this book and whatever. And I, Your books are not. Your books are really clever. Like Thank we you. just read a clip. Eggs. So I think... You owe it to us to, to do some more. not to well to just like not everyone can do this. So if you don't do this, mm -hmm. we're not gonna we're never gonna get it. Okay. What was supposed to come out of you? So please. I probably turned off eighty percent of the base for for not wearing a mask and things like that. You but did bring that up. I know that, but I'm just real. This is me. I don't. Um, I can't help it. You don't own a mask. They hand them out if you want them. Do they? Yeah, the cops give them to you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs>